Uh, welcome. If this is your first Sunday with us, it's really, really good to have you. Uh, you're very welcome. My name is Nina, and I'm married to Josh, and we have two children. We have Freddie, who is almost three, and we have Oscar, who's six months. Um, I'm currently at home. That's my job. I'm on maternity leave. Uh, but if I don't do that, then I also teach. I teach science to teenagers, uh, which is uh, lots of fun, can also be a challenge, I'll tell you that much. Uh, oh, I need to point it that way. This is our other family member. This is, I have to say, we tried to find a photo without Harvey wearing clothes, and Josh went back to about two years, and we can't find any photos of him. This is what he looks like most of the time. Harvey is a flat-coated retriever, um, and he came into our lives in uh, 2014, uh, the day Alan arrived in uh, Sweden to move here. Uh, and I think it's fair to say life has not really been the same since. He is, uh, yeah, he's a lovely boy. He loves life. He is very passionate, especially about people. If you arrive to our house, you will get a warm welcome, by all of us, especially him. Uh, and he needs a lot of exercise. There's a point to, to this story. He, he needs a lot of exercise. So myself and Freddie and Oscar, we have uh, the job to take him on walks. And I want you to understand that this walk that we do, we do it Monday to Friday. We do it every week, week after week, month after month, year after year. <laughs> We've done it a thousand times. I know how to do this walk in my sleep, I think. And uh, we take him up on exercise, it's, into, it's a circuit, it's into the forest, it's beautiful, uh, it's uh, got a good path for the pram, the buggy, and it's nice, we meet just about the right amount of people, not too many people <laughs> with Harvey. And the purpose for me, I'm going to describe a scene out of this walk. The purpose for me with this walk is to do it as quickly as possible. It's all about saving time. It's a busy life. So that's my purpose. I have a, that's my agenda. Freddie, on the other hand, he has a different agenda. He has a different purpose. It's all about having fun. So for me, I want to do it as fast as possible. So I put on my tight walking clothes. I've got very good walking shoes. They're waterproof. I wear my jacket, I put my hair up, uh, my hat, and this is all to lower air resistance. <laughs> I'm a science teacher, so I think, okay, how can I get around this route as quickly as possible? Lower air resistance. I go out, yeah, streamline, what you say, yeah. I go out, uh, I pump up the tires on the pram, uh, I prepare mentally, and I'm like, right, Freddie, let's go. I look straight ahead, because as far as I'm concerned, I've seen one tree, I don't need to see any more trees. So I want to go straight ahead. If I see people, I smile and nod, but I'm carrying on. When I get to the corner, I lean slightly to the right to be as quick as possible. I've learned that if I pick up the poo with my, he poos a lot, I have to uh, pick up the poo with my right hand, I save about five seconds. Okay, you get the picture. That's me. Freddie, he wears his overall, his hat, he is super excited, he's going on this walk, I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking in my head, not trying to ruin his excitement, we've done this walk a lot of times, Freddie, he's super excited, he approaches the walk, he sees the trees, and he stops, like he's never seen these trees ever, 
and he's like, wow, mama, titta. He speaks Swedish to me, which means, wow, mama, look. I'm like, yes, there's a tree. And we have seen the, these trees. <laughs> he goes up to the tree, he touches the bark, the stem. He picks up the bark, he looks at it, he sometimes puts it in his mouth. <laughs> we cover all the leaves, we look at all the leaves, while Freddie asks about a million questions, because that's how he learns. Once we covered every possible leaf there is in, in the forest, we then move on to rocks. And he walks slowly, he picks up a rock, oh, and he asks a million questions about this rock. He also puts that in his mouth, just to sort of see what it tastes like. When he sees the puddle, because there's an area of the, the walk that is a bit lower, so it gathers water. When he sees the puddle, he runs with excitement, jumps in the puddle, there's mud and water going everywhere, and he jumps up and down, and he's like, Mama, Mama, hop on me, hop on me, which means jump with me. I mean, yeah, he loves it. The next day, he finds out that uh, the puddle has frozen. It's cold, it's ice. What's going on? He runs with excitement towards the ice. He falls on his knees, begins licking his ice. And I'm like, to which I'm like, Freddie, too much, too much. I think sometimes he thinks he's a dog, <laughs> just like Harvey. And he asks so many questions. He's so excited. He has such a different approach to what I have. This is what Jesus is saying about children. Maybe you have to help me, because I can't do it. In Matthew 18, verse 3, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And my challenge to us this morning is to become like little children. I'm not saying here to become childish and immature, because that's something very different. But I'm saying to have a mind like a child and to approach life the way Freddie approaches this walk. Because the thing is, you watch children, they have a lot of fun. They are excited, they boldly, if they want something, they ask for it. There's no like, oh, is it okay if I have? Freddie wants water, but then, we're trying to teach him that manners are important as well. He, he's willing to learn, children are willing to learn. They see things differently. So for example, on the tram, Okay, trams for me, they take me from A to B. And often if there's a problem with a tram, which can happen, I have to get off the tram, and I'm like, oh dear. I have to go on the bus maybe, or I have to go on another tram. Okay, my journey is longer. And I'm thinking, oh, what a pain. All I wanted was to go from A to B. With a child, with Freddie, he thinks, wow, what an adventure. I get to go on the tram, then I go on the bus, and then I go on the tram again. It's all fun. They see things differently, children. Us as adults, we tend to, you know, have our, like me when I go on this walk, heads down, we carry on with life the same day after day, day after day. Children enjoy every moment. They're so excited. And I have a theme this Sunday and next Sunday, uh, and that is joy. I'm very excited. We're going to look at joy, and we are going to be based, so as a church, we are based in John, uh, and I'm going to continue from what Aled, uh, Aled was in chapter 14, I'm going to be based in John 15. I'll try again, Merity, otherwise I'll let you, next one please. <laughs> 
This is what C.S. Lewis, a famous... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's not on. This is what C.S. Lewis is saying uh, about uh, joy. Joy is the serious business of heaven. The next one, which is the Google definition. If you just put in joy into Google, uh, this is what Google is saying about joy. I have it up on the screen as well. The feeling of great pleasure. So joy is the feeling of great pleasure and happiness. It's nothing more complicated than that. Okay? It's joy is about feeling happy. George Muller was a guy who was born in, um, in Germany. He then moved over to the UK in the 18th century. And he founded and started uh, homes for children with no parents, or orphanages. And this is what he says. This is a busy man. If you read about him, a very interesting life. This is what he says about joy. The first great and primary, thanks very much, primary business to which I ought to attend every day is to have my soul happy in the Lord. Before he's doing anything, he's a very important man who's done a lot of good. He's dead now, but he's done a lot of good. And he says that before I do anything, I need to have my soul happy in the Lord. Otherwise, actually, it's not going to be easy. And when I think about it, there are many things that make us happy, okay? So it could be things like, you know, uh, the sun is shining. Weather can make us happy. Having a nice meal cooked, uh, you know, nice food cooked for us. Traveling, family can make us happy. Sports, you know, football, ice hockey, all of that. It's all good and it's all fun. And I'm all for that because it's there for us to enjoy. But the problem is with that is that life is not always that happy. Okay, sometimes life is pretty good and sometimes life is not so good. And you may find yourself right now in a storm and you think, I don't know if I even remember what this sun is looking like. It might be rainy, you know, you know it might not be actually that easy. You might wonder where the sun is. Well... Again, as you know, I teach science, and let me tell you, the sun is all, always shining. So even if you go outside and you're thinking, oh my days, it's cold today. Let me tell you this, the sun is still there, the sun is still shining. It's as bright as it was from day one. It's a bright, shining star. And it's the same with God. Because you may find yourself, right, it's actually not easy right now. God is still the same. God is always there. He doesn't change. And because of this, we can have joy when we approach all areas of life, in all of life. Not just when circumstances are happy and good, because it's not always like that. We can have joy even on the Monday morning when we're going to work. It's a challenge for all of us. You're thinking, I'd rather be in bed. But you know what? When we go into that workplace or into school or whatever we do, we are ambassadors and we can have joy because of who God is. Yeah. I just think Paul, Paul is an amazing example to us because he was in prison when he wrote the letter uh, Philippians. And I can imagine for Paul, it actually is not particularly comfortable. I don't know if he's been beaten, if uh, he's, what food he's having, what sort of 
How is he sleeping on the floor? We don't really know that. But what we know is Paul's in prison and he writes this letter. And if you read it, the whole of Philippians is full of joy. Mm. He's like, rejoice. Mm. Again, I say mm. rejoice. Yeah. And I'm like, Paul, your circumstances don't match up. There must be something else. Joy doesn't just come from circumstances. Uh, and he's such a good example to us. And we're going to have a look uh, this morning now at reasons for us to have joy, which doesn't come from circumstances. Uh, good foundations. And I've asked Vinbai, uh, she's going to come up and read uh, John 15, uh, verse 1 to 16. And then we're going to look at reasons to have joy. Will you move it on, please? Morning, church. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burnt. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Thank you, Vimbai. Right, so we're going to look at three things that we can pick up uh, from this passage of reasons why we can have joy. Uh, so just quickly to summarize, Jesus is a vine. Yeah, so he's telling us, I'm the vine, you have, and we are the branches. He's saying, remain in me. Stick to me, be united in me, dwell in my presence and in my teaching, in my word, and you will bear fruit. That's basically what, what he's saying. And when he's talking about fruit, I will talk more about this next week. He's talking about, he's talking about products of a godly life. So he's referring to the fruit of the spirit. So, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, and so on. And it doesn't mean, you know, as we, as we dwell in Jesus' presence, we will have those fruits as a result. Maybe not all of them at once. Some will we have to work on and grow in. I hope that I will be a lot more joy-filled in 20 years' time. 
because it's not we get everything like finished products, if you know what I mean. There are things that, that will grow in us. But there are promises that Jesus is telling us. Remain in me. Be united in me and you will have these things. So, three reasons why we can have joy. Number one is that we, and this is absolutely, yeah, it's the most important foundation that you can have. You are loved by God. This came out in worship today as well. You're loved by God. So before you've done anything, you're loved by him. You are his son, his daughter. And other religions, they may say, you need to do this, this and this, and you will earn points and get your approval from God. This is completely different. He's saying, you are loved by me. That's, that's where we're standing this morning. Regardless of what we're doing, God loves us. He loves us so much that he was willing to die for us. So he sent Jesus, God in human form, coming down to die on the cross. I mean, if you like romantic films, I do, but if you don't, that's, that's absolutely fine. But this is the ultimate romantic film ever. I mean, it's more than that. I mean, it's life-changing. But Jesus loving us so much that he died for us. And if we need to get this, because sometimes life is very good, and sometimes it's not so good. And if we're not sure who we are, we will be wobbly and we'll go all over the place. God loves you this morning, whatever life is like. You are loved by him and that is the reason to celebrate and rejoice. The other thing that we read in verse 14 is that we are friends of God. So he says, you're no longer my servants. So servant just carries on the tasks, just does it. Doesn't really understand the purpose at times. Not sure what the household is doing. Jesus is saying this, you are no servants now, you are friends. So everything the Father has made known to me, I have made known to you. Everything's, we have access to everything. We can approach God just as we are because of Jesus. And we're not, it's not like, oh, go on then, you will do. It's like, no, I love you. You're a friend of mine. And I mean, we read in other places as well, we're not just friends, you know, we're children of God and we have an inheritance in him. And I mean, the list could go on. He has chosen us. <coughs> so before you chose him, he chose you in verse 16. So, you know, it's a good list. You're loved by God. You're called a friend of God and you are chosen by him, regardless of what the weather is like at the moment, regardless of what life is like. And the third thing is that our identity is not our own anymore. If you're in Christ, if you're united with him, you're covered, you're clean, you are righteous, you have his righteousness this morning. That means you don't have to work to bear fruit. So this this year I'll be like, okay, I'm gonna be super good, I'm gonna pray, uh, 50 minutes a day I'm going to do this and this and that that's the wrong reason prayer is brilliant because I get to spend time with my father and he speaks to me and I speak to him and I'm all for that but you don't have to do it that's not how you earn God's love you don't have to work hard to bear fruit because you're in Christ and your identity now is like I'm not Nina even though I am but I'm covered 
When God looks at me, he sees Jesus, he sees his righteousness. And these three things are foundations. I mean, there's other things I could add. But why can we rejoice? Why can Paul sit in a prison and write a whole letter about joy? Because he knows this in his heart. And regardless of what is going on, he knows it and he's standing firm. And remembering this, loved by God, friends of God and chosen by him, and in Christ, that our identity is Jesus now. We can move on and we can look at what a lifestyle of joy looks like. We can see what does that look like. So that's the next thing we're going to do. A lifestyle of joy, all, it begins with becoming like little children. Children, as I started off the story, children are bold. If they want something, they ask for it. There's no question. They go for it. They're willing to learn and change. They're so excited. I mean, this puddle is not that exciting, in my opinion. But Freddie loves it. <laughs> he loves it. And the fact is, both myself and Freddie, we complete the walk every day. We do the same walk. Yeah? And you will complete your walk. But Freddie has so much more fun than I have. Because he's, he's willing to, 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 you know, he's, he doesn't care about what other people think. He's so excited. Mm. And that is such a challenge. If a lifestyle of joy begins by becoming like a child again. Not childish, not immature. But just becoming like a child before God. Mm. And there's different ways of what a lifestyle of joy, how that can be expressed. Here I have three examples. The first one is I want to look at joy in worship. Uh, so one aspect of worship is our singing to him, like we did this morning. Alan and uh, Michael brilliantly led us before the throne of God and just uh, so we could worship him. When we're singing at small group, okay, that is a small aspect of, or well, not it's a small aspect, it's one aspect is the correct way of saying it. And I was reading in 2 Samuels, um, uh, chapter 6, verse 14. It talks about, basically, the ark is in the Old Testament, and the presence of God is in the ark. And they're transporting this. Thousands of men are transporting the presence of God to Jerusalem. <coughs> and when David, King David, comes and, and is you know, in, in God's presence, we can read that he begins to dance. And if we read further, he's dancing and not wearing particularly uh, not a lot of clothes. He's dancing wearing his underpants. <laughs> but that, and, and when you read that in 2 Samuels, it's actually quite a powerful story because King David doesn't care what other people think about him. In fact, we actually read later on that this woman looks at him and judges him what he's doing. I can imagine he looks a little bit crazy. But he is in God's presence. And as a result of God's presence, he is filled with joy and he begins to dance. Mm. I'm not sure why he's dancing his underpants, but that's what he's doing. <laughs> and the Psalms are so helpful to us when it comes to worshipping God. It's so helpful. And it encourages us on how to worship him. These are just some examples. It says, shout for joy. In Psalm 33, sing, dance 
We can read about people dancing in the Psalms over and over again. Bow, kneel, praise him on the symbols. The list goes on. I think it's really encouraging. I think the Psalms are very challenging. I think King David is challenging. It's challenging me. And when we worship God, it was so... Alid started off worship today uh, talking about uh, Revelation. And I've been reading, I'm listening to um, a series on Revelation. And at the beginning of chapter 1 uh, of Revelation, John has this picture of, of Jesus. And the power, it means that he falls to his feet as he's dead. Because he sees the glory, he sees the power of Jesus, of who he really is. And then in chapter 4, you have, uh, John has another vision, and he sees the throne room of heaven. And Son of Man, Jesus, sits on the throne, and he has all sorts of people around him. You can read it in chapter 4. And everyone are just mesmerized by the beauty of this Son of Man, which is the King Jesus. And all they can do, and they do over and over again, is they're just shouting, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. We heard that in, in worship this morning. That's all they can do. Because they are mesmerized by this king. And when we worship God, here on a Sunday morning, at home, at small group, it's not our worship and heaven worship. We join with heaven. And it's powerful. Mm. We join with heaven to celebrate our King Jesus. So when we come to worship, we worship together with heaven. Uh, I found, I, when I was reading that, it just was so. I was so like, wow, it's powerful. Yeah. I think when we see Jesus, sometimes, you know, I've been a Christian for so long, and we just get. Well, I'm talking about myself here. I get used to it. But when we see Jesus, who for who he really is. We get just a little bit of a glimpse. It's like, wow, Jesus, there's no one like you. Yeah. You are glorious. You're beautiful. You are worth us celebrating you. I think when we feel excited and happy, we tend to express ourselves differently. And that's all good. We are different and that's how it should be. Uh, I think that we often use our bodies to show that. Uh, I'm a person that often show my excitement with doing something with my body. So it could be a small thing like Josh cooks, uh, we put the boys to sleep, Josh cooks, uh, Josh is a good cook, much better than me, and he cooks a nice meal for us and we're going to spend some time together and I see what's on the plate. And often you will see me, and I'm sorry, I'm, I am a bit weird, but I'm like, ooh, yes! <laughs> and that's what Josh has to live with. I'm often like, ooh, like that. Because it excites me, it's something that bubbles over. I'm also uh, being born into a family and also married Josh uh, of people who like football. I quite like football. I think it adds fun and excitement to life. I'm not that passionate about it, but yes, I like it. But I found myself this morning, not this morning, this summer, when we were at home a lot, we were waiting for Oscar to be born, who didn't really want to be born, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we were watching the World Cup. And over and over again, especially when England was playing and Sweden, and in the penalty shootout, when we found out that England were going through to the next stage, I mean, I found myself with my arms up in the air. I'm like, What's, what are you doing, Nina? I'm like, yes, come on, England! 
And I'm not that passionate about it. But yet, there's something that triggers me and I'm up with my arms in the air because it's fun and it's exciting. Winning the lottery, I've never done that. <laughs> but I'm sure, I've never win anything, but that's okay. I'm sure winning the lottery will create that as well, or traveling, or whatever. There are things that will excite us, and we respond often by doing something with our bodies. It could be like, yes, or give me a handshake, or whatever. I believe, and the reason why I believe that is because what I see in the Psalms, and what I see in the Bible, I believe that worship should be filled with joy. It's such a, it's such a privilege. We're joining with heaven, to worship our king. And don't let personality, fear, many of you have heard my story, fear was very much shaping the way I worshipped. Uh, don't let culture sh shape the way you worship God. But let biblical truth and scripture shape the way you worship him. Because I think we can get into, uh, I've been trained to worship. And that's not what God wants. So I'm not saying standing up here saying, you need to do this, this, and this, and that. Absolutely not. You are free to worship God exactly how you want. But be shaped by what you see in the Bible. Andrew Wilson, who is from the UK, uh, he says this about uh, physically, uh, I can read it, physically expressing yourself in worship to God Fosters the, fosters the light in God. Okay? So we can worship God joyfully because of who he is and be free in that and not shaped or trapped by anything else but the Bible. Okay, I have two more things. So I'm just going to see where I am with time. Yeah. Uh, the next one that I want to look at is uh, joy in giving. Uh, a lifestyle of, of joy means we get to give generously. Mm. And when I'm talking here, I'm talking mainly about our finances, but we can give in other ways as well, in our time and materials and all sorts of things. But we get to give with a joyful heart. You don't have to do anything. There's, it's freedom. You're not forced to give anything, but you get to give. Mm. You get to give to Jesus who has given us everything. And you get to give to his passion that we see in the scripture, the church. Yeah. Jesus is passionate about the church. And we get to be part of that. Don't have to do anything, but you get to give to him. And I mean, I don't have time now, but I can tell you story after story or where God has spoken uh, to Josh and myself and we have given. Often it's been about finances. And God has, has provided, he has blessed us abundantly. Not just with money, but with other things as well. And I'm not standing here and saying, give and you get. No, I'm absolutely not saying that. Because that's the wrong reason. But I'm saying you get to give. And actually, the joy, there's nothing better than that. You get to give to Jesus. Mm. Everything. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Mm. Everything that you have is God's anyway. It's all blessings from God. Yeah. The money, your job, everything is God's. And you get to give some of that back to him. Mm -hmm. And it's so exciting. 
God provides for us. And he's faithful. And he blesses us. Sometimes we don't fully understand it. Because he is such a good father. So a lifestyle of joy means that we can have joy in giving. And we can have joy in worship. And the final thing that I want to look at uh, this morning is joy in the storm. And I want to go back to what I said about the sun. Regardless of what life looks like for you this morning, the sun could be shining, it could be a good day, life could be going well. Or actually it's not that good, it's difficult and it's tough. The sun is always shining, it's always bright, it's a star that will not stop shining. And it's the same with God. God is the same today. And he will be the same tomorrow and forevermore. He does not change. And he doesn't go, to, go to tired of you. He doesn't go weary. He's the same. And what we read in John 15 is saying, remain in me. Jesus is saying, come on guys. Be united with me. Remain in me. In my word. In my teaching. And you will bear fruit. You will have love. You will have joy. And that means that whatever circumstances you find yourself in this morning, you can have joy. You can have hope. We can be like Paul, who's in prison, yet writes one of the best letters, in my opinion, about joy. We can be a people like that because of who God is. I'm gonna, I, I had a... Um, my mentor, when I, I lived in England for a long time, my, at 12 years, uh, and when I was at sixth form, gymnasiate, so I was 17, 18, my mentor was a Christian. And it was very difficult because she was not happy. She was grumpy. She was very negative. And she went to my church, <laughs> which made it even more difficult. And my friends, I had, a lot of, I had a group of friends who didn't believe in Jesus. They were a good group of friends of mine. They over and over again said to me, uh, they said all sorts of things about her, but they said, she is, so, she, this, she is so negative, she's so grumpy, and she goes to your church, Nina. <laughs> I'm like, oh, great, thanks. <laughs> but, I mean, we have something to celebrate. Mm. We have something to be smiling about, because our Jesus is our king, and he's so good. Mm. Um, when we, I'm going to finish here now, because uh, time is up, but this week, as you go about you know, life, if you're not feeling particularly happy, well, remain in Christ. Dig into him, yeah. into his presence, into his word, mm. the Bible, because that's the living word of God. And next week I'm going to continue looking at joy, um, and I'm going to look at what can stop us from having joy, and some help, tips on how to remain in joy. Yeah. Okay? I think I'm done. Great. Uh, I'll hand over to Courtney, uh, who will finish. But thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having us. But uh, yeah, no 